And good morning once again to Narina Fissa, strategist at ETFSA. Good morning, Sakina. And I believe that, uh, you know, this time around, I don't think it's appropriate for us to use the halala greeting because, you know, this is really, I think we need something that is a little bit more appropriate for this particular segment. So I reckon this morning it should just be, how's it, my China? (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of which, uh, China has foreign exchange reserve, Narina, uh, that most other countries can only dream about. But it has declined quite a lot in recent times. Is this just due to capital outflows, though? Sakina, no, it's a little bit more than that. You know, if we if we just go back a bit, about a year and a half ago, China held as much as $4 trillion in foreign exchange reserves, a, a mammoth amount. Um, and, and this really came about because of the pegged currency strategy that they had for many, many years. So as China's economy was going through the boom time, it was generating a lot of foreign reserves, but we normally that would be um, almost effected through a stronger currency because their currency was speak to the U.S. dollar, um, that ended up becoming part of the foreign reserves. And over the last 18 months, and in particular in the last three months, we've seen quite a significant decline in that foreign reserve number. And yes, absolutely a part of that has been due to capital outflows. But quite a bit of that has also been um, as the Chinese um, moves more to a semi-floating rate currency policy and where some of those reserves have now been used to almost shore up or prop up their currency in the light of a, a slowdown in the Chinese economy. So, I, you know, at the end of January, that reserve level stood at 3.23 trillion US dollars still a massive amount but you know if you think that it is 700 billion dollars down from where it was not that long ago the question is how much lower will china allow it to go and how much more of that reserve pot will they use in their efforts not um, i must um, stress here not to defend their currency but rather to maintain this this um semi-pegged currency strategy that they have or policy that they have. And, of course, the, the concern, I guess, not just for China but in particular for the, uh, for the U.S. as well is if China were to allow their currency to float completely, it most likely will result in a much weaker Chinese currency which would result in a much stronger U.S. dollar and neither of those two world superpowers can really afford that particular position on their currencies. And um, staying in China now, their latest consumer inflation was reported to be one of the highest numbers in recent times. Is this a good or a bad thing? You know, we've spoken um, over the last couple of days about the risk for deflation in, and, and I guess to some extent stagflation also, these sort of new terms or, or different terms around inflation that we talk about. For most of the world, one of the biggest concerns at the moment is actually to increase inflation. And of course, this is on the back of the, of the much lower oil prices that we've seen over the last 12 to 18 months. So for China to, to release an inflation number, in particular a consumer inflation number, that is quite a bit higher than it's been in recent times, is actually seen as a positive sign or a good thing at this stage. Um, and, and I think in particular when you look at where that is also coming from, um, you know, when you look at uh, what it looks like in the Chinese malls and in the consumer shopping centers, you certainly wouldn't get, get the sense that there's anything to be concerned about the Chinese economy. And that is really that additional demand coming from the consumer, which has translated into a quickening in the pace of inflation. And considering that China is in the process of converting its economy much more to a consumer-led economy, this, in their books, is definitely a good sign.